Hello everyone and welcome to another beer review and I hope everybody's having a good Hogmanay or New Year's Eve and I hope you've got lots of good parties planned and good celebrations you know getting some nice food and some nice beers hopefully I'm going to have some nice beers as well hopefully especially this one I hope this one's a nice beer or <laughs> my festive season's going a bit of a disaster although Two of the beers that are going to come out tomorrow, I haven't done them yet, but hopefully when they come out, because they'll be coming out on New Year's Day, they should be good beers. I'm banking on these being good beers, and I think they should be good beers. Um, this brewery hasn't let me down yet, and if you know this brewery, they probably haven't let you down either. And I'm not sponsored by this brewery, whatever, and that type of stuff, but You've got to basically be honest that certain breweries are hit and miss. They can make good beers, they can make bad beers. Some other breweries can make consistently good beers. You might not like all of them. They might not be to your tastes and everything else, but you can appreciate that they're still well-brewed, with good quality ingredients, and still done to a high standard. And that's the difference. There isn't that many breweries around the world that does that. And I think that's one of the problems with this brewery. It's underrated because of that. People just don't appreciate it. They just take it for granted. And they really shouldn't uh, from that point of view. But today I'm doing a beer which is more associated with the kind of Hugmany side of it. And that's why I picked this one. And I did mention it previously in my beer news, if you go back to it. And I did actually kind of make some kind of... I'm not seeing snidey comments, but I did make some kind of slight kind of comments regarding about how they were talking about this and how they were describing it. Because they did describe it as their best yet. Funny that, you know, especially when you're trying to sell it and everything else, you come out with it, well, this is the best one we've done yet of this style of beer. You know, and you're thinking, yeah, I think there's a bit of marketing involved with you actually coming out with that statement. Um, but this brewery, is this is their kind of piece de resistance, this is their kind of trick, this is their kind of uh, um, MO, and this is what they do, which is fine and all that type of stuff, but it just feels like they need to make something different, they need to try something a bit more traditional. This idea of what they're doing, and you'll know the minute I bring up what I'm talking about, is they need to kind of have another string to their bow. I mean, the the tune is becoming boring with that one string. And it doesn't matter whereabouts in the scale you play that one string, it just, you know, starts to sound or, or taste the same. So what we're doing today is Innocent Gun. And it's a highly whiskey cask beer. In other words, Lafroy. There you go. Now, this is a limited edition. Um, it's one of their premier Scottish red beers. And it was uh, quite pricey. I think it was about six or seven pounds on their website and waiters were selling it for six or seven pounds and everything else. I got this for two quid in B&M <laughs> um, in November. So I did. I thought that'd be good for the, the festive period. Um, so yes, I don't know if it's still there and that type of stuff, but there was plenty on the shelf. Um, 
and things like that. So, but yes, uh, it was selling so well that it was. It came out. I think it was. I'm trying to remember. Was it either the May or the July beer news? I think it was May, May or kind of July, August beer news. It came out, and it was all this bloody bloody blah, and uh, and then by the start of November, it's in being so it's not selling well. You know what I mean? <laughs> but again, they've decided to go for a 330 ml bottle, which. Maybe a saving grace if it turns out to be a bottle of piss. But anyway, there is spill in the back. But let's give you a bit more detail about it. I can't even read that. Seriously. Does it got a bit? Oh, I can read it. Let's see. So it's 7.4%, 330ml bottle. I got it for two quid. It was around about six or seven pounds um, for the bottle. And uh, it's a limited edition Scot uh, Scottish Red Ale. And it's Laphroaig, Phosphol, Malt and Port Casks. So there we go. When original brewing meets uncompromising distilling, you get a beer as distinctive as this. For our third collaboration with our friends on Isle Laphroaig, we've brewed a red beer and matured it in casks emptied of their famed 10-year-old single malt before finishing it in port casks. Layers of flavour, intensity and uncompromising spirit of Eilie come together in this truly original beer. And in the spirit of collaboration, we've partnered with another Scottish original artist, Scotch, Scott Naismith, Naismith. Inspired by the stirring Eilie landscape, the rugged, beautiful atmosphere and coastlines, he has crafted a suitably different and inspiring design for this limited edition beer. This uncompromising brew is for the true originals out there. Explore more at innocentgun.com forward slash beers. There you go. And some signature there. I mean, seriously. That's a, that's a fucking smudge, that. Look at that. How are they supposed to read that? Oh, aye. I need bother. Oh, just... There you go. Makes it authentic now, doesn't it? Aye. Well, then. You know, seriously. But yes, there, there, there's the beautiful artwork. There we go. I don't know what that is. Looks quite an angry sky enemy. Oh, he's dropping the bloody thing. There you go. There you go. So well done, Scotch Naismith. Here you go. You looks like you've managed to dabble some colours together. I'm not a big one on these kind of uh, more kind of modern style arts. More pretentious pish. Right, let's get the bottle out and see what it's I have chilled it a little bit, so you can see a little bit of condensation on it. I have actually taken it out and chilled it. And yes, Innocent Gun, Eilie Cask Beer. Eilie Whiskey Cask Beer, apparently. So, and that's it. Oh, there's some spill on the back of the bottle. Right, let's read the spill. Bright things happen when great minds meet and there is no better proof of this than the contents of this bottle. Beer, double matured and two types of casks from the famed whiskey making friends on Isle Laphroaig. Packing intensity what? Packing intensity and full of flavour for one of the uncompromising and unforgettable collaboration brew. 
Oh, just let's get it pulled for God's sake, seriously. But like, yeah, 7.4%, 330 mil. On sale at B&M. <laughs> it's quite funny. I just do find it ironic. Such a wonderful beer. You're reading all this, eh? It was such a wonderful beer, isn't it? You would think it would be sold out then, wouldn't you? How come there's loads of it for £2 so heavily reduced at B&M? You know, alarm bell, woo, woo, you know, in the background. But, as I always say, I don't buy any beers to slag them off. I buy beers because I want them to be good. So hopefully this is a good beer because I'm a Scotsman after all. And there's nothing worse than paying money and you find out you just got a bottle of piss. You know, it's not good. So, let's see what it's like. Now remember, a red ale, a red ale it's supposed to be. A nice red ale. Scottish red ale. There you go. Got a nice glass for it as well. There we go. Look at that. It's, it is red. It is very deep kind of garnet colour for people on the podcast. And it's a slightly off-white head. But yes, it is a very, very deep, dark red. So it's not a light red. It's not like an Irish red ale. It's a lot darker than that. To the point is it's almost kind of like a kind of heavy colour, almost. But it's more of a kind of reddish, reddish tones rather than brown. Smell-wise? Oh, head-wise, it's probably about a finger head, I would say. Smell-wise? Well, what I'm getting is smoke. I'm getting... slightly whiskey tones. But mostly based... But I, I kind of is it's like kind of whiskey mixed with kind of grainy beer aromas, and it's giving you a kind of slightly kind of strange kind of whiskey beer kind of smell. But over the top of that, the real first smell you get is is smoked, and it is that kind of peaty kind of smoked kind of smell, kind of slightly earthy kind of smoked smell. And that's all I'm getting. That that's the predominant smell is this kind of slightly earthy smoke. And then you're getting kind of slightly kind of off aromas, kind of off tones of undistinguishable kind of beer whiskey. But whiskey, you wouldn't even see whiskey, you would just kind of see higher alcohol, higher alcohol and beer. And that's all you're kind of getting. So I would say, apart from the kind of smoky tones, if you like the smell of smoke, you know, maybe people do. I mean, I like the taste of smoke in certain things. The smell of smoke usually kind of tells me to, well, maybe I should forget the, forget, forget the building, you know what I mean? You smell smoke. I, maybe we should stand outside for a minute and just, just kind of assess the situation, you know, that type of thing. Um, But, yeah. And I know it's a case as well... Smoke, well, you can buy it in bottles. Smoke aroma. So you can. So, yeah. Does it feel kind of natural? It doesn't. It doesn't. It, it, something tells me it's just too much. There's too much of a smoke smell or the other. I'm starting to wonder. I'm not getting any 
maybe that's a maybe slightly port tones. Maybe that's what I'm getting: port tones and beer rather than whiskey. But the smoke is just way, way too much to the point as I'm starting to wonder if it's real. It's almost kind of too much. Now it could be a bit synthetic. But anyway, let's see what it tastes like. Oh, all right. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. I'm not saying, well, I'm saying it is, but I'm not saying it's a bad beer because of it's not a good beer. I honestly don't know because I can hardly taste any beer flavours. All I'm getting is a heck of a lot of smoke flavour. Heck of a lot of smoke. So the point, point is, it's, it's almost as if you're eating a slice of heavily smoked ham. You know, maybe a nice heavy smoked Bavarian ham or something like that. And then, of course, you're getting little tones of kind of whiskey and port. And you're getting all these kind of flavours that you're struggling to find any beer flavours. It's just all these other flavours front and centre. And it's like the beers is so far back that you're struggling to kind of identify and find it. And yeah, that smoking is, is too much. It's hanging about in the aftertaste and the back of your throat and everything else. It's just way, way too much. This is the thing. This is more smoky than Laphroaig. Now, if it's come out of the actual 10-year-old single, you know, single malt cask, then how the hell... Is the whiskey less smoky than this stuff going in there maybe for a couple of weeks? Not talking years, it's maybe going in for a couple of weeks. How the heck is it picking up more smoky flavour than the bloody whiskey has? Now, if you don't know the background, is the family has an association with whiskey distilling. Um, my dad was... Uh, um, he's obviously no longer with us. He's just passed away last month. Um, he was a technical director of Owen Grants and Sons. So he was. And uh, he was in charge of all the distilleries. And, uh, yeah, all your distillation and production and everything else was under his control. So we know about whiskey in this family. We really do. And... Uh, that's why I don't do whiskey reviews because the amount of bullshit and bollocks that reviewers come out with the whiskey, I mean, seriously. Oh, I'd be using the C word a lot, seriously, and I'd be calling quite a lot of people lying Cs. So that's why I don't do whiskey, seriously. They're all a bunch of fucking con artists, they really are. You need to have a long, hard look at yourself. The shit they come out when they talk about whiskey and you think, you don't have to talk some shit. So you do. Utter bollocks. So that's why I don't do it because I'm telling you. I'd make a lot of enemies very, very quickly, and uh, I'd be happy to do so, you know. But anyway, I'm digressing, but Laphroaig is nowhere near that intensity. I'm just trying to think, do I have Laphroaig here? Just trying to remember. 
be interested about how I should have got one. I'm sure there's a Lafroig somewhere. Um, but Lafroig is nowhere near as smoky as this beer. There's the smoky tones, but the main thing is, is the whiskey flavours there and other accent flavours within Lafroig. But this idea of the peaty smokiness of Isley whiskies, yeah, but they're not over the score. Um, some people say, oh, they're too much. And that, that's because people, they just don't like kind of smoky kind of flavours. That's fine, especially in the whiskey. A lot of people like more kind of citrus and vanilla tones and things like that. They like maybe more of a Speyside or a, or a Highland malt or something like that. That's fine. Or maybe a nice kind of honey blend, as they call them. Um, but Laphroaig, 10-year-old, is not as smoky as this beer. Which makes me wonder, how did they get the flavour? How did they get more smoky flavour out of a barrel that's been drained, that from drained with a whisk, uh, a fluid in there that's drawn out a lot of the flavour? And, uh, yeah. I'm not buying it. And then you get these port tones as well. Um, but again, it's gone, this beer has gone basically, it finished off in a port cask. Which is which is quite funny because the case is, it's got more smoke from the first cask and less flavour picked up from the second cask. And you think it's the case is, well, the last cask it was in, it should have basically hold more flavours of that. And it does of the other one because it's going to be a slight certain flavours will be washed away to a certain bit. And this idea is, you know, if the port can leave flavours in the wood, then why can't the beer leave flavours in the wood? You know, and if beer's coming with smoky flavours, then it might impart some of them into the wood of the actual cask. I mean, it's, it's a two-way street. It's a case of all... <sighs> it's, it's just. I think it's a case that they don't understand. I think it's a case that they think we're stupid. If you put high-strength alcohol into a wooden cask, yes, that alcohol will draw flavours out of it, right? Lower alcohol liquids will impart flavour into the wood. So if it picked up smoky flavours from the Laphroaig cask, then, of course... Because the beers are lower alcohol, it would impart some flavours back. So it would impart some slightly beery flavours back into the wood as well. Um, and it wouldn't draw out as much as, say, like a, a higher strength ethanol. I, um, what's put into the actual um, cast anyway for the whiskey. But then, of course, you go into the port cask, who's obviously had port in it and it's imparted its its uh, flavour tones into the wood as well. So, of course, the beer's going to pull a little bit out of that. But again, it's going to impart a little bit of the beer tones and, of course, some of the smoky tones it's picked up. So, again, it's just doesn't taste realistic. It just tastes... I mean, good example is... It feels like a concoction rather than a beer. 
I mean, I'm trying to break down the flavors. I'll try and break down the flavors, but it's, it's going to be a hard one. Start off with you get the sweetness. You can't really distinguish any malt or grain. You're just getting this sweetness. And then just slightly behind that sweetness. That's the first thing in the front of your mouth. You get this first thing you hit is sweetness. And then you're starting getting slightly whiny tones with a smoky kind of accent. And that's what it is. It's kind of slightly poor tones with this smoky accent. And that's it. Moves on to the mid-tongue. And the sweetness slightly dissipates. The slightly whiny tones, the slightly tanning kind of flavours kind of dissipate. And then it's all smokiness. And then just like that, for the mid-tongue, moves on to the kind of uh, aftertaste. And, yeah, it's just... The sweetness starts to kind of die down a little bit. It was, starts to dissipate a little bit faster than the slightly porty, whiny, tanning tones. And then the last thing to dissipate is the smokiness. But, yes... I would say the predominant flavour of this is smokiness, then slightly kind of whiny, porty tones, and you have this sweetness as well. And I'm really struggling to find any real kind of beer flavours there. So there you go. Maybe that's why it's £2 a bottle at B&M. Uh, seriously. Right. What would I give this out of 10? Oh, God, seriously. What a festive festive period I'm having, seriously. I'm ready for a, a Laphroaig or any type of bloody whiskey after this. I certainly don't want to drink a beer. The ones I've been getting. Out of ten, what would I give this? Well, from a beer point of view, it just doesn't really have any beer flavour, so there you go. Let's break it down. Right. It's a Scottish red ale. Does it taste like a Scottish red ale? Is there any flavours associating with a Scottish red ale? No. The beer flavours are few and far between, if any. Right, what other flavours do you have? Right, you have a smokiness and you have slightly porty, winey flavours and you have this sweetness. The sweetness... Doesn't seem to be associated. I mean, you could say it's slightly associated with the port, but with the smokiness over the top, the smokiness is just engulfing everything. That it does make it very difficult to kind of associate the winey flavours and the sweetness together. It just, it just feels like three separate flavours. It doesn't feel like the sweetness is associated with the kind of winey, kind of porty flavours. And that's why I'm seeing winey flavours rather than port, because port is quite a distinctive thing and it just doesn't feel as if the two are together. And then you have this smokiness over the top that just seems to engulf everything. So the smokiness just feels unnatural because it's far too much, really far too much. It's over the score to a certain degree. Um, the winey flavours, yeah, okay, they're, they're okay, but again... They're too much. They're overpowered by the smokiness again. And they don't seem to be connected with this kind of sweetness. So again, this is kind of affecting it. 
So, out of all that, what would I give it? I'm going to give it a three because it just doesn't. I mean, it gets a point for. Well, it doesn't even get a point for the ball. It's nearly 30 mil. I mean, if you take it as the original thing, it's okay. It's palatable. It's drinkable. But if you're drinking it for some sort of enrichment of a good quality, rich beer kind of experience, you're not going to get that. You've got the smokiness that's just over overpowering to the point is it feels as if it's synthetic. And the other main flavours there just don't seem to be connected. So they have kind of three main flavours that are slightly individual, but not really kind of connected. And on that basis, I'm giving a point for each flavour. But that's all I can give it. So it gets a point because it's smoky, but it's a bit too much and slightly synthetic. It gives a point because there's this kind of whiny tones here and that type of stuff. But again, a bit standalone in this sweetness. And okay. I mean, it just the maximum I can give it is three, maybe even down to a two. But it's not that great, to be totally honest. And if they were selling it for six or seven pound a bottle, I can see why nobody was buying it. Because trust me, you've tasted it, you think, no, nah, I won't be drying that again. And even at £2 a bottle from B&M, straight away I would say, I certainly wouldn't buy that again. Would I recommend it? No. But if you're curious and you've got a spare couple of quid in your pocket then and you're in B&M and you see it, then yeah, give it a go. But I don't think you're going to get any more enjoyment out of it than I did. And I got very little, if any. So, in general, I wouldn't recommend it, but if you're curious, give it a go. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it's fairly crap. That's the honest answer. It's fairly crap. Um, put it this way. I hope to God I'm drinking better alcohol than this later on today um, for the New Year celebrations or Hogmanay celebrations. And I hope everybody is going to have a good celebration and I hope you've got lots of uh, nice num-nums in and you're going to have a, a good celebration and a good party. And uh, I hope 2024 is a continuation of the good times of 2023 or a better year for good times than 2023, depending on how your year's been. And uh, I hope you get lots of nice beers and I hope you have a, a wonderful time tonight and uh hope everybody stays safe and has a good has a good celebration and have a, a right good baby. And I hope to God nobody's sitting there thinking, Oh bollocks, I got a load of these in for New Year celebration and that bugger's just shattered that one. Because <laughs> if I have done, I'm sorry, but yeah. Don't bother. You've still got time to go and get something else. <laughs> so it's 7.4%, 330ml bottle, thank God. It's 3 out of 10. Can't recommend it. Thanks for watching. Cheers. Happy New Year. And bye for now.